Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. The song we just did, 321. The second stanza is very informative, and some think it's provocative. But it's informative, and it's a very grand reminder. It says we love him because he first loved us. In, 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 in implication. We love him for wearing the crown of thorns. And if ever I love him, my Jesus, it is now. In other words, when we come to the realization that Jesus wore the crown of thorns for our benefit, and it's seated in us, riveted in us, it's at that point that the force comes that impels us to say, we love him because of what he has done for us. Isn't that wonderful? And so today, I want to make mention of a few things that I believe would animate our souls and would give us reasons to continue serving the blessed Lord and trusting him on a daily basis. You and I were listening to the prayer. And it was a profound, it was a very solemn prayer. A very, very solemn prayer. Meant a lot to me. And one mention made there is that, uh, that something might be said that is new. You heard that part. But he said, even if it's old. Oh, I like that one. May it, may it reach the heart and do us good. I like that even if it's old. And so I'm going to make it bring forth an old one. Isaiah chapter 53. I'm going to read it to us again. Because this is a new year that we have embarked upon. And the good Lord wants us To look like new creatures. Amen. Amen. Of course, well do we know that the new year makes nobody new. Nobody. But when we look into the Bible in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is new. He's a new creature. Isn't that something? The new year doesn't do it, but Christ does it. Makes the man new. What do I mean by that? Well, 
The old man used to please himself and other people, but now the new man pleases God. Well, I should have a big, bigger amen than, than, than that one. You see, you're a participant. In other words, that's what you're doing. So it's nice for you to say amen to something that you're doing. <laughs> Pleasing God. Don't give the wrong impression now. The Lord wants us to be a happy people. Because there's something that you and I are looking forward to becoming for us grand realities. And, and, and by the grace of God, it's going to be. Because when we look in Romans chapter 5, and there at, at verse 5, it says, um, Hope maketh not ashamed. So the things we hope for would become grand realities. And because of that, we feel, we feel confident in the blessed Lord. Loving Father, as I'm about to read this passage of Scripture, as we're about to study into your word, Lord, we ask your divine wisdom. We ask your blessing so that we would be filled with thy spirit and be equipped for service in Jesus' name. Who hath believed our report? Now, I am bringing this to our attention to throw some light on the subject. First things first. That's the topic for today. First things first. Who hath believed our report? Isaiah asked. And he was addressing his kinsmen. Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, what was mentioned about the plan of redemption? Who among us have truly believed it? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In other words, the means by which he will accomplish the plan of redemption. Have you seen him? It's like that he's asking. Have you seen him? Is this registered in your mind that he is around or he was around? And that he has done something, made the foundation for our redemption? Are we aware, addressing his kinsmen, that God didn't just say he would intervene, but in person he has intervened? Record tells us that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. And so there's no doubt about it. 
And I'm saying all this to bring us to the point that the first things are to be first. First. Now our scripture text tells us that these things, as First John, chapter 1 and from verse 4, he said, These things I'm saying unto you, John, that your joy might be full. What joy is he talking about? What joy? You know, our scripture text here, the one we read. What's the joy he's talking about? Well, first, it is the joy of sins forgiven. Oh, yes. I mean, you know, you who are listening to me, you know how you felt that time when you went to Jesus and, and got him off your knees, believing that your sins have been forgiven. Come on. I mean, the joy that came to your heart. John is saying that I'm saying all these things to you so that this would be for you a grand reality. That your joy might be full. And so the first joy is the joy of sins forgiven. And why? Because the blessed Lord said, except he repent. Come on now. Shall all likewise perish. So when the person repents and the person feels forgiven, come on now, there's a joy. It's, 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 like, it's, it's like throwing Andrew liver salt in a glass and throw water on it. It's bubbling over with FFS in action. You feel good to know that your sins are forgiven. And then there's a joy of peace within. In other words, your sins have been forgiven, and now there is a peace within. My peace I leave with you. Come on now. The world can't give this peace. Not this kind of peace. Oh, no. Can't do it. So we have the joy of sins forgiven, the joy of peace within, and the joy of fellowship. That's why the songwriter said, what a fellowship, <laughs> what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arm. And when we are doing it together, come on, when we are doing it together, you know how heaven must feel? You know what, rejoicing in heaven when we're in sweet fellowship? Come on now, folks. Come on. And so the Lord wants us to have peace of mind. And the joy of sins forgiven. The joy of fellowship. You know, folks, I don't know if you ever had this as an experience. But whenever there's a fire, a fire in, in, a, in, in a particular room, a building, you 
you must have noticed, if you had the experience, uh, that the folks rush toward the door. You ever seen that? They rush toward the door. What are they looking for? An escape route. Oh, yes, they want to escape. So they rush toward the door. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 8, uh, these are written in red letters. And, and, and I like the way it is brought over. I know thy works. I know thy works. In other words, the Lord knows everything about us. Every single thing. And you want to prove that? You can go even to Psalm 139 and at verse 4. It said the very thought, when you, when you begin to think about the thing, the Lord knows about it. <laughs> he knows about it? He knows about it. Come on. So he says, I know thy work. But he says, behold now. Now, now when, when there's a fire, everybody is rushing to the door. So now the Lord says, behold, I have set before you an open door. <laughs> What's he talking about? He's talking about an opportunity to be qualified for eternity. Amen. I'm giving you the opportunity to qualify for eternity. An open door. And I like the way the Lord puts it. He says, and no man can shut it. People say, I'm not going to that church because. I am not going to go here because. And because, listen to me, the Bible says no man can shut it. When the Lord gives opportunity, it is given from the highest power. Amen. And no man can stop it or shut it. Can't shut the door. You see, folks, the Lord wants us to know that here in this life, we can be happy. We can have the joy of sins forgiven, joy of peace within, and the joy of fellowship. We can have it. And this happiness is not to be found. Now, listen to me, folks. It is not to be found in test tubes. Neither in mathematical formula. Neither in doctor's medication. No. It can only be found in the blessed Lord. Amen. Jesus. The Bible says that if you have the loving father, you're happy. Happy is that man whose God is the Lord. Come on now. And there, in 1 Peter 1 and 10, it's saying that we should make our calling 
and election show. Make our calling and election show. Now they tell me that wise choices are the distinguishing mark of an educated person. Oh yes. Wise choices are the distinguishing mark of an educated person. You go around and call people fool and you're in trouble. But sometimes the thing that you see them do, if they're not wise, they're just otherwise. But I'm saying, folks, that, that I'm telling you that the blessed Lord wants us all to act like wise people. And make the choice that reflects that, that kind of wisdom. Oh, yes. Well, you're smart, do the smart thing. You're wise, do the wise thing. And show that you're wise and stop talking it. You know? Because we have to put first things first. Now, notice first thing. Now, we do not put answers before questions. No. First things first, we ask the question, and then comes the answer. And, and, and I'll tell you this, you don't need high school diploma to know that. Doctor's degree, you don't need any doctorate. Only need a little common sense. First things first. I want us to understand that the Lord wants us to make it into his kingdom. He wants us to make it. And so he's saying that, that we should use the wisdom that we have, the knowledge that we have, to make wise decisions. To put first things first. Now notice one. And after you write one, one is the first if you're going to a hundred or ten. You must put one first. And sometimes we put one and one. Some say it's eleven and some say it's two. But, but, but here we understand there must be one of the ones. First thing first. Then if you're going to start, notice one ST is first. And if you're going to start, you still have to put ST. If you're going to start. It's first things first. So then if we're going to put first things first, the Lord Jesus said, seek ye first. Come on now. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all the things that you have in your mind that you would like to possess, they will follow okay. 
but put first things first. You want to know of the joy of sins forgiven. You want to know of the joy of peace within. And the joy of fellowship. First things first. Now, when we think too, that our God knows the end from the beginning, we realize that we are not dealing with an ordinary person. The Lord says, if you love me, help to think of it, John 14, 15. If he loved me, if he loved me, note the condition. It's a condition that comes with a lot of force, you know. If, peradventure, you love me. Keep my commandments. In other words, the things I tell you to do, if you love me, then do it. Show by obedience your love for me. Oh, nobody said amen. <laughs> I tell you, well, I tell you what, it's a long time, is it? Is it? Not quite yet. I'm getting there. You see, Reality, listen to me, we make New Year resolutions. And, and, and these are good resolutions. You want to have the joy of sins forgiven. You want to have the joy of peace within. You want to have the joy of fellowship for this new year, so to speak. And so the Lord wants us to come to grips with reality. Face reality. First things First. And so we understand that the Lord in, 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 his, in his working with us, wanting us to be there and, and, to, and to have the joy of fellowship, joy of peace within, joy of sins forgiven. He said, now, if you love me. So the first thing we are to do is, is to get to the place where we love the Lord. Now what did the song say, the songwriter? He puts it, I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. And if ever, <laughs> come on, and if ever I love thee, It is now that I realize what you have done for me. That's what he said. First things first. And he said, seek ye first the kingdom. Now he's talking about the kingdom of grace. That's the kingdom that he's talking about right here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of grace. You see, the place where God is, he sits on the throne in your heart. And there he says, now, 
Let it be. Let it be. Let me say, Oh, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. And as a result, thy will be done. Come on now, folks. In other words, the kingdom of grace, which means the Lord has come on in and has forgiven us of our sins. Now we are citizens of the kingdom of grace. He said, now that we are in this kingdom of grace, thy will be done. In earth as it is. In heaven. In other words, the heaven, in heaven, the, the angels obey the Lord. And we who are here on earth, we obey him because we realize the kingdom of grace. We're being pardoned. First things first. And why people do not rejoice in these days? Because they have not had the first thing done. But here in the text it says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and, and just to forgive. And to cleanse us from all, A-L-L, nothing left. From all unrighteousness. And he alone can do it. There are some things that only God alone can do. That's one of them. He alone can cleanse from all righteousness, unrighteousness. And I'm saying, folks, that the quicker we get it done, the happier we would be. First things first in our lives. And the Lord wants us to be a happy people. And I know that we can make it. In Psalm 103 and verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's the way it ought to be. In Psalm 34, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord. Come on, where? In the Lord. Ah, he said, the strangers, the heathen, the folks around, they're going to hear it, they're going to see it, and be glad. They're going to be glad. And then he's calling, he say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Isn't that wonderful? But then that won't be done until the first thing is done. Sin's forgiven. And I tell you, the Lord wants us to have it done and have it done now. When I look at the time, I see I can go for another hour, but I will leave that for another time. Another time. I looked into the Bible and at, there at Romans 3, in verse 23, it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned 
and come short. In other words, man is to glorify the Lord. When you look in Isaiah 43, reading from verse 5 come down, and verse 6 and 7, it says, I have, I have made him. Come on. The Lord made man to glorify him. I created him for my glory. Man was made to glorify the Lord. And Romans 3 and verse 23 says, All have sinned and come short of that glory. Oh, yeah. So the Lord wanting now to bridge the gap, to make amends. He intervened to give us the opportunity to qualify for eternity. What a God. So now our response now, how do we respond to that opportunity? How do we respond to that opportunity? Wise choices are the distinguishing mark of an educated person. How do we respond to the opportunity that the Lord has given us to qualify for eternity? The way you respond would show how wise you are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But there's, a, there's another verse that is left. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. It says, the wages of sin is death. That's what man would receive for remaining in a sinful way. Eternal death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And now I'm going to ask the pianist to play for us this number. And our trio will come and give a little help. Remember Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. You're going to come up front, and I'm so happy. The Lord puts it that way, that our pastor is here. I'm going to ask him to pray for those who respond. Let us pray. Loving Lord, our compassionate Father, we want to thank you for being our God. Lord, you have created us in your image. And that image in us was almost obliterated, weren't it not for the grace of God. And today we come to you, God, thanking you for second chances. We want to thank you, Lord, 
that although we have sinned, although we have strayed, now the door is open for us to return. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, justice demands the death of the sinner. But today we rejoice in the grace of Almighty God. That hand that is now extended to us. Oh Lord, thank you now for that call to salvation. And today, we want to thank you for all the worshipers here today. We want to thank you for blessing our hearts. And reminding us once more that we need to put the first thing first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So now, O oh God, we give our hearts. We give our lives. We pray now that you will consecrate us. We pray, O oh God, that you will dedicate us. We pray, O oh Lord, that you will seal us for your kingdom. So into your hands we present ourselves. We thank you, O oh God, for the messenger. And we thank you, Lord, for this message of hope. This message, O oh God, that calls, gives us the call to come to Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, those who have come forward, Lord, we pray now that you will wrap them in your eternal love. You will cover them with your grace. You will wash them with your blood. You will give them, O oh God, a perpetual focus. And that focus is on Jesus Christ. I ask you now that we will turn, turn from the things of the world, turn from the things that Satan holds up before us, and turn to Jesus Christ. Now, O oh God, as we go from this place, we want to thank you for the worship service today. We want to thank you for the message, the songs that we have sung. We want to thank you for the music. Oh, Lord, bless us now and help us to go now and live for you faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.